Welcome to the pilot episode of Two Psychs in Nikes. Thanks for tuning in. On this episode, we will discuss uh, Larry's uh, decision to buy or not buy Elton John's pinball machine from the 70s. Uh, I will be discussing a book that I found really helpful, especially in the times we're in at the moment. And we will obviously have to approach a couple of minutes on the current situation, let's call it, that's rampant around the world. So let's get stuck into the pilot episode and hope you enjoy it. Well, welcome all. Uh, this is podcast number one of Two Sykes in Nikes. Um, and I am Jody. Uh, my name is Larry. And the reason there might be a slight delay is that we're both in different countries. So Currently, I'm in Portugal, and Larry's in Dublin, in Ireland. Um, so Top we only thought day. about this a few days ago. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> That's basically what this show is going to be. It's going to be just like kind of a couple of little Irishisms, and <laughs> that'll be what it is. But um, we thought about this a few days ago. We've known each other a good few years, um, and we always got on, but we we just we never really did a project together. And the other day considering the situation that's going on. Um, we just said maybe we, we, we give this a try. Um, we have different backgrounds and, and different interests, but hopefully maybe we can um, just entertain a bit and maybe give a little bit of information. So the show will be basically a little bit about what Larry does. He's, um, he's in music memorabilia and we'll be discussing some interesting stories from that. Um, he's had some really um, some amazing like pieces have have come through his hands with great stories, and uh, I think they're worth they're worth listening to. And then uh, we'll also at the end of the show just do a little bit about mental health, and um, yeah, especially I think like men's mental health, especially. I mean, it'll be it'll be in a loose way, it's, like it's not to be scared of or anything, but we both. I suppose we're both interested in that area and I think it needs to be discussed. So that'll be the format. It's loose at the moment because it's only the first one. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to ask Larry, is there anything you've seen in the last few days that has been of interest either about what's going on in the world or, or otherwise? Well, I suppose, yeah, like all the news is taken up by the obvious, the COVID-19 virus. So... Um, what jumps out at me really is uh, the kind of freedoms that we have here in Ireland at the moment. Like we can go out and go out for a walk and go to supermarkets, and um, those freedoms are kind of being uh, slowly eroded over the days. And I, I can see it probably going like the same route as Italy, but probably in a week or so's time, we, we won't be able to leave our houses and there's going to be stricter controls over people. Um, so I think that's probably in- inevitable. Um, but look, I, <clears throat> for me, I think it's just, there's no point getting too caught up on that. It's out of my control and I just kind of take it one day at a time and go with the flow, you know, but uh, that's my kind of thoughts on it at the moment, you know. Yeah, it was something I, I suppose I've been a bit concerned about it because um, you could see even in the last kind of fortnight, people were jumping into action and it's been brilliant. And there's been a real side of humanity that's been magic. And even down here in Portugal, it's been the same. Um, like 
we're in a mainly Portuguese speaking area, but um, and we wouldn't have too much. But the neighbours would 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 be, um, we'd be able to ask, are they okay? If there's anything they need when we go to the shops, or people, it's quite calm down here, and there's they seem to be handling it quite well. Um, but just being from an Irish background, I just kind of know how the psyche is, and I was worried that we'd give it a blast for a while and we'd be amazing but there would be a contingency that would get a little bit pissed off and you know i do sometimes feel what makes a country amazing can also sometimes like be like it's little turn in the side because what makes us want to be social and get out people love visiting ireland and it's a great place to be um, and i'm proud to be irish it does make us sometimes uh, a little bit like lack when it comes to some things we're just we just want to get out and see all our friends and family and go for a walk and have a bag of chips and all the rest of it so mm. yeah I've, I'm, I'm concerned i suppose for the next few weeks or months if that continues what would you think i suppose like um what came to mind when you were talking there is that i think that's similar in most countries though you do always get the there's always like finland or switzerland where they show pictures of nobody's panic buying the shops are full of stock. Everybody's calm. They're keeping their distance. But I think those countries are in the minority. I think it's human nature to panic. I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with like temporary panic buying. I think it's to be expected. I don't think people should be judged too harshly on it. It's human nature. Um, and that, yeah, people, like, they'll... they'll obey the rules in one area of their life, but then they'll completely flaunt them in another, like, you know, they'll go to the pub and mingle with people, but then in another area, like, they won't go to their gym. So I think it's hard for people to be really congruent, uh, but I think that will come over time as the realisation hits home. You know, it takes time for these things to really resonate with people, you know. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I don't mind the, the... Like and this isn't. I don't mind means like it's just opinionated. But like panic buying. Look, we all saw somebody coming out of the shop with something, and we thought, oh, like I remember the first time I drove past the shop and it was packed down here, and I thought we actually better get a few things. Like so, it is. It's infectious. Like that kind of that thinking. But um, it's just I'm just wary of of people uh, still with the with the distancing. I mean. Even I, I even know members of my own family that were still calling over for Mother's Day and uh, like still calling down on their usual night to have dinner in the in the family home or whatever. And I'm just, it's just things like that. that I, I just look. I'm just maybe worried about the, the like you know everyone at home and that's that's probably it's probably worry that comes across. Yeah, I understand. I think that's for me. For me, what I've been trying to do recently is uh, kind of identify the underlying feeling or emotion. Like you said, worry. That's what's happening for you. You're worried for the people, you know, as you can see what yeah. they're doing. <clears throat> and that's completely understandable. Um, and like when I think about people panic buying, I also kind of, not to be too judgmental and think, you know, they're, they're feeling fearful and they're, you know, there's, there's something behind the panic, you know, there's a feeling and uh, it's call, it's calling them to take some action. So, um, yeah, there's some really strong feelings going on at the moment, which are causing people to, to take certain actions, you know? Yeah, for anyone 
that's interested in, I suppose, the the human behavior or psychology or um, emotions. It's kind of a fascinating time as well. To like, there's a lot of of learning and there's a lot of uh, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff going on that we can that we can study almost in the future to see um, can it be handled differently. Like it's it's kind of not unprecedented, but I mean, for our lifetime, I was born in 1980 and. Like, yeah, there's been a few bits and pieces, but in, in our part of the world, it's definitely probably one of the biggest things, um, probably the biggest thing that we've ever faced. Like, um, But should I, I'm going to move it on because we had to, we had to like, we had to approach it and we had to talk about it. But the reason for having this is not going to be, it's not going to be a roundup every week of, of what's going on in the world regarding COVID-19. So let's say uh, I want to move it on and talk about what Larry does on, on a daily basis and has done for quite a few years. Um, and yeah, you can, you can maybe lead in with, he, he mentioned something to me last on the phone there during the week when we were discussing, should we do a podcast? And he mentioned um, an item that he was, that he was looking at recently and I had a fascinating backstory and actually it's, it's quite an interesting item all of its own. So do you want to, do you want to just tell, tell us about that there? Yeah, sure. Jody. Um, yeah, well, the, the the piece I was talk, mentioning to you was uh, a pinball machine that was owned by Elton John. And uh, I had found a guy in the UK that had this pinball machine and it came with documentation from uh, Elton John's record company. Um, so it was completely legit. I even contacted the rec, the, it's actually his management company. I contacted them and they verified that the letter was legitimate. So I was happy then that the provenance was in order. Um, so I kind of got excited. I was thinking, uh, gosh, it'd be cool to have a pinball machine. Um, and the fact that it was owned by Elton John, that was like, it made it like a legitimate reason for me to purchase it, you know, because I'm a, a music memorabilia dealer. So, uh, yeah, it was quite exciting. And I spoke with the guy and we agreed on the price. Uh, but I told him that I'd have a think about it because when I spoke to him on the phone, he uh, he mentioned that, he said, like, just so you know, it'd take, like, four men to lift the pinball machine. Um, Did he say how heavy it was? He didn't say how heavy it was, but he said it weighed a ton, but it, it didn't mean that literally. <laughs> <laughs> a ton? Okay. Well, that's we've, we've got a good, we've got an accurate way of doing it. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> He said, like, because I have, like, I always I tried to work stuff out in my head beforehand before talking to the guy, and I thought, I'll get the boat over, probably drive over my car, and put it Your in... car? <laughs> yeah, and put it in the back of the what car. What do you drive, Larry? What do you drive, Larry? Oh, what type of car is it? Yeah, I'm not big on cars. Um, it's a Toyota Yaris, is it? Yeah, thanks, Jody. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, I remember. I said, um, and, and you were going to put a pinball machine in the air, right? Well, I thought the legs might come off, right? And the backboard, <laughs> not back, there's a backboard that keeps the score. Yeah. So I thought maybe that comes off and you can kind of fit the body in, you know. And then I spoke mm. to the guy in the phone. And he's like, no, no, you need a van, like a big van. Mm. So I was like, okay. Yeah. I, I had thought I'd need a van, but I just thought maybe I can get it in the car. So then he said, like, yeah, it takes four grown men to lift it. And then I live in an apartment on the second floor. So I was kind of thinking, 
Where are you going to put it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where am I going to put it? Yeah, and they asked me, partner, like, is it okay if we have a pinball machine in the house? So she was okay with the idea, um, kind of. I, I, yeah, I had a couple of different ideas. What I was thinking of doing was, I thought, well, I could get a company, a pinball company in the UK to pick it up from the guy. Mm-hmm. And they can restore the machine for me and then possibly ship it over to me. But then I was thinking it costs a fortune to ship to ship that over, you know. Um, now, just as a matter of interest, is is like when you say refurbish, like for someone that doesn't really know this stuff, is uh would it not be more like if it has kind of like marks on it and things like wear and tear, would that not be would would you keep that but you'd refurbish it so it works, or would you get rid of all that and have a perfect? What would it be? Yeah, so you'd have to you'd have to make sure that you don't kind of ruin the integrity of the machine and the provenance. So yeah, you wouldn't be cleaning it up too much, but it definitely has to be in good working order. Yeah. 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 So yeah, you do a minimal restoration, but I would just want it so that it's working and it got a bit of it like it cleaning, you know, because there was some dirt on it that you wouldn't want on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't dirt for like it wasn't cool dirt like. <laughs> I know it's funny. It's like yeah, it, like it, you know, the devil's in the detail. Like you know, and I I know what collectors want and what they don't want, and yeah, like get you know, unless Elton John splashed some paint on it himself or something. You don't want that. Yeah, paint. that's right. That's you don't right. want that paint on the machine. And was it happened to do with? Like in the in the late sixties, uh, Townsend, I remember um, he did a film. Like it wasn't it was a film or something. And then Elton John was asked to to do a remake or something like that in the seventies. Was it anything to do with that pinball wizard song or the movie or anything? No, but it, the pinball machine um, was themed on a movie that Elton John made in the seventies. Called Captain oh. Fantastic. Okay. So, and this movie was really big in the seventies, and the artwork on the computer represented uh, not on the computer on the pinball machine represented all the different um, characters and story in the film. Yeah, basically, like the there's a bit of history to the machine. The artist who drew the artwork for the machine put in like nude uh, women in the background and all these kind of raunchy images and the pinball machine company didn't uh, know that he had done this until they had produced like a hundred machines. Oh, well, so the first hundred have these nude women, you know, uh, in the artwork and the, the ones after the, after the, after they noticed that, the artwork was a bit dodgy. The company put stars in certain places to cover certain things, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, to make it more appropriate for a family audience. Like yeah, yeah. But I had a look at it that they didn't really put the stars, like... In the right places? <laughs> in the right places, <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was, it's interesting. Um, and what, what, was it in one of his houses in the UK, I wonder, like, originally, or, like, you know, I wonder what house it was in or where he was at the time. Yeah, I know, I can only guess because the documentation literally, literally just states that this machine was owned and used by uh, Elton John. 
um, it doesn't say anything really more than that, you know. Yeah, you kind of use your imagination there. Over the years, Larry, would you have um, would you have had like would Elton John be something that you would have a thing for, or would 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 you would you move much of his stuff, or was this kind of a, a rare enough one for you? Or uh, yeah, Elton John wouldn't have been somebody I've dealt in. I, I've I've come across his, his memorabilia over the years, but I haven't bought anything. Um, right. This would have been the first item, but. Uh, I decided not to buy that pinball machine because the logistics, I, I, I didn't have anywhere to store it, unfortunately. So I was, was quite disappointed not being able to buy the machine uh, purely down to like a storage issue. This is a problem um, because I suppose for the last uh, 25, 30 years, I've, I've been, um, I, like, I like cars, I like, I like all forms of vehicles, I like motorbikes and mm. all that. But, um, I do like cars from probably the early eighties to the mid nineties. And I've always had like that just for me was a go. but even for a small collection or even uh, to become a dealer, it was always something was storage and logistics of getting them around because they might be in Europe and you'd have to get them to Ireland or you might have to base yourself in Europe, whatever it may be. And I can see how it's different to like if you're collecting guitars even, or if you're, if you're collecting, little figurines and stuff whatever you collect it, the bigger and bulkier it is the, like the more costly and the more uh, headaches it can be like mm, exactly yeah that's a really good point um like primarily i deal in artist owned guitars uh stage worn costumes handwritten lyrics and awards and like they're all pretty handy to store yeah the guitars take up a bit of space all right but like um like, for example, a car, you know, like if you wanted to collect cars, like you might be able yeah. to afford to buy the car. Like I could afford to buy the pinball machine, but I, I'd know where to store it. So like it means that really you can't do that thing that you want to do purely down to storage space. Somebody's harmonica or something, we should do harmonicas or so. I'm just trying to think of what are very tiny watches yeah. you see a lot of people you see a lot of people trading and collecting watches because they're such an easy thing you have like you can have a hundred in a box you know yeah exactly yeah like there's a practical element to things as well isn't there like it has to be practical it's true yeah it's yeah. true um that's brilliant man i i like the story i wish i kind of wish that yeah had a worked out because like i would have even like i would have loved to even go and get it i remember Mm. I actually did buy a car. I bought a car in the UK um, and brought it home to Ireland. And I also I bought a camper, camper van in Germany and bought it, and brought it home to Ireland and like registered them there and all. But the adventure of even going over and seeing it and yeah. touching it for the first time and and smelling the item and and getting the history and meeting the person yeah. that has it and then you know do you do the deal do you I, I think all that is magic as well. Like it, the actual process is brilliant. Yeah, no, I, that's funny that you say that because the, I was asking myself, because it wasn't a straight, the pinball machine, because it wasn't a straightforward boy due to the storage issue, I was asking myself, why yeah. why, why buy it? And then I, I said, yeah, it is a good investment because it definitely will be able to make some money on it somehow. Uh, but I, I said to myself, 
the adventure alone is probably worth the money. Like to get the boat to because uh, I love going on the boat and the car over to England. Um, yeah. And I knew that if I was to get rent a van, probably get somebody to come along with me. Um, I would have a laugh doing it, you know. And I, I was actually thinking of video, yeah, yeah recording it, uh, recording the whole process. So um, hopefully that's something I might get to do in the future. Yeah, it's it's funny because I when I went to get the car, um, I was probably uh, ten or twelve years ago to England and Celica uh, GT4 wide body. It was quite a, it's quite a nice unusual car from nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety three. So I went to get one, but I brought my brother. And we flew over to East Midlands on a Ryanair. We went for a bit of lunch. We we came back. We missed the boat on the way back, so we had to sleep in the ferry terminal and wait for the next boat the next day. Like yeah. it was just, it was a huge adventure, and I'll never forget even just getting it. And it nearly made it makes it even when you have a home. There's always yeah. a story to the to the car. Or it's and even when we did the camper when we collected it in Germany, we obviously had to like myself and my girlfriend. We had to drive it through like through Switzerland, up into France. And mm. like, it was just a fantastic trip. So even just, you're right about getting it. But um, oh man, that's brilliant. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this segment every week because it's an area that I, I find quite fascinating, but it will be something that I'd be, I, I, like, I really wouldn't know too much about, you know? Yeah, no, I, I It's quite have... specialist what you do. Would I say it's quite specialist what you do, like quite unique? Oh uh, yeah, it's like... Uh very very specialist and very unique just purely in the sense that there's there's only a handful of people in the world that do it because it, i suppose that's what it's that's so what makes it niche that's is he breaking up have we got you there yeah still here see I, i'm gonna tell you is uh, just for the audience's sake so we were gonna do this on video as well um uh but i'm kind of in a slightly rural area in portugal and it wasn't bad, the internet, but it wasn't really good enough to do the video. We were going to put it on YouTube as a video. That was the initial thought. And now we're just going to do the audio because, so if there's any breaks or anything like that, just bear with us. It's, it's, it's day number one. And we really like, you know, I'm sure there's a million and one people doing this or maybe even more that have started podcasts and, and, and vlogs and things because of this, this situation. So um, just bear with us and hopefully find it interesting. And I want to just, um, we're not going to the show. We're not. We're never going to do it too long. So I just want to move. I'm, I'm conscious of time, and I want to just move it on to um, the the next aspect of the show, the last little segment. And I just want to. I want to recommend something that I picked up a book. I don't know if you know it, Larry, but I picked up a book last summer. Actually, like a good while ago, mm-hmm. I was I was in Dublin in a bookshop, and I had about four or five titles in my hand, and. Sometimes I'd, I'd be like, uh, most of the time, I kind of let something, I'd go by intuition and I'd, I'd, I'd let it kind of speak to me. So I was looking at the uh, like the self-help and the religious and, and spirituality and stuff. And um, I had a few different ones in my hand, but I, I, I ended up um, taking a book, have it in my hand, Anatomy of the Spirit, it's called. It's uh, the seven stages of power and healing. Now, it's probably... A little bit of a deeper kind of um, title than I would have picked up before, although I would do bits and pieces like this. But I went for it. I said, like, I read the back and I read okay. And uh, funny enough, when I got home, my girlfriend said she already had read it like a, while, a good while ago. And we probably have it somewhere in a box because we usually have a stack of books. But um, I have to say, 
it's not a quick read, um, but it's not it's not difficult to read either. But it's it's a lot to process. But I have found it unbelievable, and it was funny because I picked it up a few weeks ago again before where we got into this this kind of difficult time, and it's actually I have to say it's kind of it gets it get it's up to getting my head in a in a place where I'm I can process what's going on at the moment, and it's that's probably years of looking at this stuff as well. You're not going to read a book and, and it's going to, it's going to flip, flip you. But it's, I have to say, um, I just really find it amazing. I've recommended it to a few friends that are looking for stuff like this. Or that. And it's, it's very clear and easy to read. It's about different uh, religions and, the, but they all come from a similar place. And um, yeah, I'm just really enjoying it. I have to say, and that's coming from someone who wasn't mad, like, I wouldn't have been seeking out this type of title before, but I'm, I'm blown away by it. Caroline Miss is the author, Anatomy of the Spirit. And again, I have nothing to do with the book and I don't get any, like, I won't be getting any commissions or anything, but I just want to recommend it. I think it's fantastic, yeah. And Jody? Yeah. Is there anything, uh, any kind of, have you, have you finished reading the book? No, I'm about uh, um, three quarters. Okay, and... Is there any kind of t- like any nugget that's really jumped out at you, like you know one bit that really has resonated from the book so far? Um, yeah, just loads. I have underlined, I've, I've highlighted a load. But but what I find is that I suppose it 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 boils stuff down to to the basics. Now it's not easy to get in the in the mindset and to get to this place of where she's talking about but basically love and yeah we can like you know you hear people say love in different ways but it's she basically talks about love as being like the one true power and everything comes back like a fear of not having it or um you know maybe overzealousness like or but basically like we're all kind of we're all living together. We're all symbiotic. And that's really the true power. And you can see like when people, the difficulties that we all have, I suppose, it's quite a basic, um, it's quite a basic nugget, but it, it, it feels to me like that's the, that's the thread that runs through everything that's in the book. And it's, it's a kind of, it's kind of a nice idea. It's kind of idealistic, but when you read through it, you can see how all the problems that we might have psychologically, um, would would stem from a similar kind of place and uh one one more thing she does mention that like uh, we are all one and it's hard when you sometimes i've been i've been going up and down with this over the last couple of weeks when you see people doing things that you might find kind of despicable like you see things in social media and stuff at the moment that really would are they're hard to take when you see a fellow human doing some things that you don't really agree with but we're all one and it's it's a different way of thinking you know um because we're all capable of the same emotions and we all have different things within us so um it's it really challenges you to to accept that we're all we're all one we're all from the same place and even if somebody even if somebody does an action it's it's the action that you're not that you're not of with it's not person and such and it's so hard to 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 really get into that and understand it because even since i'm still like you'd see something you'd hear something you're like oh oh, that's terrible or oh that i would never do that but 
that's not really the way forward. And um, as long as we keep kind of pointing fingers and as long as we keep um, finding the negatives in each other and in the world, it just, we will never kind of be at peace, you know? Was that too much to answer what you were asking for? No, no. Um, no, I understand what you're saying, yeah. It's a bit like what comes to mind for me is when Eckhart Tolle talks about being the witness and I think that's that space in like it kind of gives you a bit of a gap between judgment like we all judge people but not to be too harsh on yourself if you judge someone to to witness what your whatever's happening for you or happening for someone else and not to get too enmeshed with it yeah it's yeah. hard to explain really clearly but yeah i get what i get the essence of what you're saying the book is kind of talking about i actually had a, a tolly book in my hand at the same time that i picked this one up i remember and um yeah like i it's i'm glad i picked this up but like i what i find is a lot of stories and a lot of like methods are are they're all rehashed like but you're just looking to find a few that relate to you and that you can like sometimes things just click it can be timing or call it whatever divine timing or whatever but i i just find that this book clicked for me and like a hundred people may read it and they may find yeah it's fine or they dad i'm not into it but it's not up, like i'm just suggesting something that has worked for me i think that's a really good point though because uh like what works for one person might work for somebody else for where they're at in their life at that moment in time but i think sometimes I'm, talk, I'm talking in general terms here. Uh, we can kind of get want to say to someone, you know, read this book or do this thing that I've done because it helped me in this way and it's going to help you. But if they're not in the same place that you are, you know, it may not resonate with them and help them at all. It might be meaningless, you know, for them because it's not hitting the nail on the head. Uh, I totally think so. And uh, just uh, one other point that was actually quite enlightening um, just the other day as well uh, was when we talk about love as the factor. And it, it's true because I've, I've like, I lost me, my mom um, uh, three years ago and it was, it was a difficult, like we, we lost her in kind of poxy circumstances. It's never easy to lose your married, uh, but it was just a bit, just the way it went down. It wasn't great. Um, and, um, I found like I found an amazing response to friends and family. Like I've I've grown like I've grown very close to a lot of my family, but also there was people that maybe that that I I would have maybe expected a different response, like close friends or family. And then when I now like since time has gone on, I understand that um, to feel to really feel like loss, it's a bit like love as well. You cannot you cannot put yourself in their shoes and feel the pain that they're in. All you can do is kind of empathize with them. But mm. I, I, like I shouldn't have expect, I didn't expect, but it's just maybe I, I'm just trying to say that now I understand that it's very hard to put yourself in the shoes and feel, actually feel the loss. Like, because people, I remember uh, even a dog, like I know a friend of mine that lost a dog years ago. Um, and I, I never had a dog until, until recently and i didn't really understand that the dog they'd say like it's like losing a member of the family and stuff and i i kind of couldn't understand that and i couldn't feel 
I couldn't feel that sympathy. But now that I've had a dog, and if I was to lose him tomorrow, like I, I, I know how that would. I think I know how that would feel, and I've just more sympathy. So, um, I've just it's a bit of realization. It's a bit of maybe emotional maturity as well, and I, it's just it's hard to go through these things. But I think they all make a pattern of, like of. Uh, on your psyche so um that was just another point that stood out because i discussed it with me my girlfriend here we were walking the dog and and just to equate um like new life with death you know it's the same as when somebody has a baby i i uh, you can feel the, the, the love and you can appreciate the new life in the world but you can never feel like the parents feel about that child because that, it, it's just a different bond and it's the same when somebody passes you just can't feel like the way that the family feels because that's so, you know, not to expect too much of each other as well. Like. So for, um, so that's, the, we're going to wrap it up. That's um, episode one and of uh, two psychs and nikes. The reason we call it two psychs and nikes, I don't know whether we're going to get in some sort of trouble, but we both wear nikes and I recently um, completed a master's in sports psychology, which um, it was a real struggle actually like I went back to education and it was it was far harder than I, than I thought and it was I was I, I'm, I'm quite happy and proud to get through it um, and then Larry uh, Larry what, what's what, what's your uh, psych thing going on <clears throat> yeah I'm actually studying I'm a student of psychotherapy so I'm in my first year of a degree course in psychotherapy so basically at the end of the uh, four years of a qualified uh, psychotherapist slash counselor, whatever you want to call it. Okay, brilliant, man. So that's that's why we have that 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 title. Um, would I am I right in making a little call out, Larry? I like I don't want to see any lads, any men um, going through difficult times without having a, a, a chat with someone at the moment. Um, I think it's going to be a marathon rather than a sprint, and I find. You know, if anyone wanted to have a chat with someone neutral, you know, sometimes when you're when you're with your family or your friends, they might not just be the exact people that you want to share what you want to share with. So, if you wanted to bang me a message or like, I'm totally open to that. Um, like, you can email me info at talktothebishop.com uh, or I'm on Instagram, talk to the bishop or Twitter, talk to the bishop. So, I like just don't be stuck. Never feel like. We've, uh, myself and Larry have probably been through all sorts of like psychological twists and turns in our so far. So we, maybe we can just help out in any way. If you just want to have a chat or get something off your chest, you know. I might, get, I might send you an email. <laughs> deadly, deadly. So look, this was, this was as much uh, uh, an entertaining therapy session for me and probably Larry as uh, hopefully for any listeners. And thanks very much. We really appreciate um anyone tuning in um even if even if it's one person that listens in i'm happy with that and we will um we'll see us next week and we will stick to a similar format if you've any questions or if you think it was good bad and different let us know and um we'll talk to you soon uh, until then look after yourselves stay safe and uh love and peace okay take care everyone